I'm Miriam. And I'm Elise. Two friends bound by the love of books. Taking on the world one chapter at a time. This is the Bookbound Besties Podcast. Hey, Bookbound Besties! Welcome to episode two. Today we're going to be talking about Fourth Wing chapters four, five, and six. Yes, let's get to it. Okay, so chapter four. I'm going to read the synopsis that I wrote. Uh, okay. The death roll is read, and the cutthroat reality of this new school set- sets in. Dane gives Violet a cold shoulder in front of the troops, but he quickly calls her over so they could talk not so secretly. We learn about his signet power of recent memories just before the class bell tolls. Zayden looks down upon them, bearing deep into Violet's soul. Words are exchanged and tension builds for this trio before Violet runs off to class. All right. Okay. So before we get started in our discussion about the chapter and our thoughts of uh, what happened, I'm going to read the little blurb before the... The pre-chapter? Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So this comes from Major Afendra's Guide to the Writer's Quadrant, and this is the unauthorized edition. So I think we should pay attention to when it says unauthorized or unedited or... Okay. I think we, we need to pay attention to who's writing and what they said and in what context. Okay. okay. I'm not going to remember names, but... No, no. I don't think the names matter much. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, some will. You'll see. Okay. The sparring ring is where riders are made or broken. After all, no respectable dragon would choose a rider who cannot defend themselves and no respectable cadet would allow such a threat to the wing to continue training. Dum, dum, dum. <laughs> uh, yeah, my first note literally says pre-chapter passage. Ah! <laughs> because I read that and then I got like excited right away because I was like, oh my god, we're heading into the sparring ring. Things are going to go down. Like, it, it made me very excited. Yeah. So if you remember last episode, we were talking about why Jack Barlow would be so morally opposed to Violet becoming a rider. Mm-hmm. And I think that this little blurb gives us a little bit of a sneak peek into the conventional wisdom for dragon riders in the society. Like, clearly, he's not the only one that thinks that if someone is weak, they're, they're an, a danger to their whole wing. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I still think yeah. that he's... I think takes though, it to like the next well, level. Well, that's the thing. I like, think he's he, a little intense. He he takes it to such an extreme that he like almost comes right back around. And like I think he's a liability. But anyway, he's we, like so unhinged. Mm-hmm. But we we can bring that yeah, up. Yeah, well, we can talk about him later. The next chapter. He, yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Jack Barlow. Uh, the chapter opens. Let's kind of mm-hmm. take a step back and go back and talk about it a little bit. So the chapter opens with Captain Fitzgibbons, mm-hmm. and he's reading the names of those who died on the parapet. Mm-hmm. I think this is a really bleak way to, A, find out how someone you knew died. You're just, like, their name is just red. Like, it's just, I don't know, it's just really grim. Mm-hmm. Um, and I find that it also drills into the heads of the cadets that a lot of people are going to die here. Yeah. Like, right off the bat. Yeah. It's like, A, we don't really care. There's no sentimentality or nothing. Like, I just think it's a bleak way to also to honor the dead. You're just naming their names. That's it. But at the same time, like, <clears throat> the way the school has, like, framed it, it's almost like you're nothing until you become a rider, if this is the quadrant you're going into. So, like, it's it's 
unsurprising that they're just like this is the per- the people and that's it and they don't really care more than that you know like I, I wasn't shocked by it I was just like yeah this makes sense yeah I guess you're right because I wrote down as a note that we get a glimpse into the relationship with the dead that they have in the mm-hmm. society and they like there's a thought that Violet has where she says this is the only memorial the names will get so I do see what you're saying I think that they definitely have a different relationship with death like life I guess is less valued it's more I don't know yeah it's less valued Mm -hmm. so it's jarring it is it is jarring it is jarring especially I mean like as an outsider reading into this world it's extremely jarring but like no one in that world seems affected by it that's true so it's just different perspectives so they're reading the death scroll and Dana's ignoring her as he should um but then really obviously calls her over when everyone is leaving. Yeah. Which, like, made me giggle a little bit. Yeah, I ha- I wrote that, um, like, when Dane tells everyone that he hopes he ate and is, like, kind of stern, Violet kind of likes that. <laughs> she kind of likes that. <laughs> like a, she goes, a smile tugs at the corners of my mouth, but I keep my expression as bland as possible. Like, when I first read the book, obviously everyone knows that this is my second time, mm-hmm. third time, uh, actually, reading the book, I felt like we were in on a secret like he was being stern but like eh, don't worry like I know mm-hmm. who the real Dane is um and it really helped me buy into the friends to lovers trope that I thought we were gonna get I was mm-hmm. convinced like I didn't necessarily think like I this is not a spoiler anybody with half a brain like I did not think Violet and Dane were endgame but I like I have hope right that that you know this girl she he's hot she has a crush on him he's her protect you yeah know, I'm like there something's gonna happen like they have to at least make out right yeah no I I I believe that that is where Violet's head is at like yeah. you see you do see that she cares about him and you see that she likes him and you you could see all the like the flutters and the cute little like relationship vibes that they have the two have like I. I believe it. Yeah. Reading it. Yeah. Do I think it's going to go there? <laughs> well, you're more I, intuitive reader than I am. And I'm just saying, like, I was so on board, okay? Yeah. I, like I say all the time, I am an author's dream. I am so easily <laughs> manipulated. And I was just like, Violet wants Dane. I want Dane. Like, yeah. It's going to happen. But I totally get that because, like, I'm reading it through her eyes. Obviously, it's through her eyes. And I, I believe it for her. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm glad she is happy in this little fantasy right now. Like, I'm happy for her now. Yeah. Um, but but what, I yeah. just, I have reservations already with Dane, the way he behaved with trying to get her out. And we'll talk about that again. Yeah. Oh, we'll real definitely soon. talk about that again. Yeah. <laughs> so the other thing I wanted to say, now on a reread. So when I'm doing the, my reread for the pod, I'm actively trying to put myself in the perspective of somebody reading it for the first time so I'm trying to have a little bit more of a discerning eye because obviously when I read it for the first time I inhaled the book I just Mm -hmm. wanted to know what was going to happen next and I wanted the spice and (laughs) anyway but now I'm trying to be a little bit more academic and I the thought I had so she's looking at Dane he's telling everybody you know go to class and I hope you ate and all these things. He's really acting like their squad leader. Um, but Violet notices a scar on Dane's jaw, I think. And now reading this, I'm seeing this and the fact that she hadn't noticed it until now type of thing as a potential hint that there may be some things about Dane that Violet no longer knows about Mm -hmm. given that, you know, he says so much changes once you become a writer. So I'm seeing this as a really small 
hint yeah. that Rebecca is giving us. Like, yeah, okay, Violet is still super into Dane and she is holding on to their friendship and to this and to mm-hmm. that. But she's also starting to notice things. That maybe he's not the same person she used to know. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's a, I, I like that. I, oh, thank I you. like that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. So I also took note of, I don't know if like, this doesn't really matter, but I feel like you would have noticed this as a costume designer. Um, they, they talk a little bit about the uniforms mm-hmm. and how everybody gets to kind of not customize it, but kind of. Yeah. Well, they get to choose like the cut of their outfits. Yeah. That's actually something like I enjoy. And I think fantasy books in general do really well is they often do delve into what people look like and what mm-hmm. they're wearing. Mm-hmm. So like already, like we're hearing about the fighting leathers and like how you have to earn them. And like every time Violet sees a scribe, she talks about their scribe tunic, tunic. and how that stands out so much um, like in contrast to the fighting leathers and stuff. And I, I love that because I could like picture what they're wearing and stuff. And, um, and that was like grace us one day with a cosplay. <laughs> I, don't tempt me. Um, no, I'm definitely already thinking about that. Don't you worry. Okay. <laughs> um, but even that was something I found like in Akatar too. Like yeah. every time she puts on a new dress, yeah. you're, there's a description of what she's wearing. Like the Starfall like, dress? Like the Starfall dress. Yeah. Anyway. And I love that. Mm-hmm. Especially as a costume designer. Um, yeah. It's great. Yeah. So we get a little bit of context actually also. I don't know if you picked up on this. On the challenges slash the types of work that the cadets do in the writer's quadrant. So, you know, they're going to have sparring practice this chapter. Um, we learn about the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn about presentation and threshing. We don't really know what presentation and threshing mm-hmm. are, but we know that these are essentially, these are basically the facets of their education. Yeah. Which I think is um, kind of cool that they're, again, she's just sprinkling it in there. We're going to get more context later on, but at mm-hmm. least these words, we're being introduced to these words and what they, they're mm-hmm. going to mean later on. Yeah, she's good at like introducing... And world building, but like in a very gentle way. Gentle way. Yeah. But in a gentle way, but she also threw us into the story right away. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't like in Akatar, it took us a while. That's true. You know, before before we even got to the spring quarter, it took us forever. It took us like nine chapters or something. <laughs> okay, maybe not. A I little don't bit know. less. I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember either. But point is, we got a lot of Farah and her family before we got really into the actual world right. that needed building whereas here boom like first chapter we're we're in we're it. in it we also get f- first introduced to sawyer so we learn that he's a repeat so that actually is interesting because it adds another layer of pressure i think to the first years because basically if you, you can make it through the whole first year but if you don't bond with a dragon you have to restart and I expose know. yourself to all of the danger you know, you have to cross the parapet again. You have to go through all the sparring training. Yeah. Everything, you have to do that again. To, like, yeah. And I, I think Violet kind of makes a side comment about it, too. But, like, to know what you're up against and willingly do it again because you so badly want to be a writer or have this, like, burning desire to be a writer. Like, it, it's crazy to put yourself through that much danger. And then only, realistically... Riders go off to war mm-hmm. and are probably not going to survive that long. Yeah. So, like, yeah, you might go through the ranks or whatever, but, like, you're going to die. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> why, if you remember, in the first chunk of chapters that we looked at, uh, Dylan was talking about looking forward to getting married early because they allow riders to get married before everyone else since their life expectancy. It's so grim. <laughs> it's I know. so morbid. It's anyway, so um, 
Mm-hmm. All right. We also get introduced to Riddick, mm-hmm. uh, which is funny because we have a friend who we call oh, Riddick. Riddick. Yeah. So I always that I Riddick in the book does not look like Riddick, our friend, but I can I, like, I picture <laughs> pictures. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, no, he, I'm enjoying the name choices. Even like I didn't mention it last time, but as soon as I read the name Rhiannon, I got so excited because I'm a huge Fleetwood Mac fan, and they have a song Rhiannon. Um, my dog's name is Stevie, named after Stevie Nicks for any Fleba Mac fans out there. Um, but yeah, I was just like, all these name choices, I'm like, ooh, ooh. Yeah, yeah, they're really good. Yeah. So yeah, I wrote that he's funny and witty. And this is also when I got another little light bulb moment, um, because we're being introduced to more people. And I realized we're likely not going to get a trio, but we're going to get a little gang, like yeah. a little clique. Right. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, so far I like the people. I like Sawyer. I mean, we don't know much about Sawyer, but I like that... Clearly, the fact that he's a you know a repeat, he's resilient. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he has experience, so he's going to be able to maybe help uh, the rest of the group uh, shepherd through the challenges that they've got coming up. Riddick is funny; it's nice to have a little bit of that comic relief. Uh, Rhiannon is a ride or die, so yeah, her like immediate first year grouping, I guess, uh, seems really great. Yeah, but as soon as you look outside of that, oh, they're terrible. It's horrific. Yeah, everyone sucks. <laughs> It's really scary. Anyway. Um, Yeah. So what do you think of Dane's bird call? I thought it was funny. I thought it was so weird. (laughs) Well, that's why the whole thing, like he, I mean, maybe like I did have the thought. I was like, oh, maybe this is something they did as kids. I don't like it. (laughs) So she would know it was specifically him. So she knew to look for him. Like I got it. Yeah. But I was like, it's just not. It's so obvious. It's just like, so weird. Just like in front of everyone, you're going to act like a bird. Yeah. People are going to People are going to notice. And then they're going to see you and Violet running off together. Like it's just not It's not subtle at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, but listen, yeah. Rhiannon, once again, we like Rhiannon. She had her back. I know. I love her. I like right away, right away. I know. Yeah. I know. I I I agree. I Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, I know I'm, like, really slowly. I just want to savor, like, every single thing that happens in this. Even though yeah. really not that much happens in this chapter. But anyway, um, we get a description of the rotunda. So, you wrote a Okay, Well, I, so <clears throat> the next, like, big note I had is uh, we enter the rotunda, which is where they sneak off together. Mm-hmm. And we get a very detailed description of what it looks like. And it's, like, marbles and it's statues and stuff. And I was like, oh, my God, it's, like, a Catholic church. Because oh, they worship dragons. That's so interesting. That, was that like, thought did not cross my mind at all. That's the last thing I thought <laughs> we were going to say. Well, it, it gave me... The way they described the statues and the marble and then this and, like, it, the grand grandioseness mm-hmm. <laughs> of it all. Like, it just made me think of the way the Catholic churches are. Like, the older ones that are yeah. really detailed and, and you have the statues and you have the marble and they're made of the richest materials available and yeah. like because yeah it made sense they're worshiping dragons like dragons are almost like this sacred thing for them like they're so important to this society that's true so that was kind of like the where my mind went with that um and also i want to see it like it just like ah uh, it it was described so beautifully i'm mm-hmm. like oh my god he's really cool which is funny because when i read the word rotunda on the map at the beginning i pictured more like a dirt ring with like maybe rock walls like i i pictured it like super just like a pit Mm -hmm. where the dragons go and like that's where they train or something like i didn't picture 
I don't know why, but when I read that word, That's I just so picture like almost like in like How to Train Your Dragon. Have you seen it? No. It's just very Viking. Okay. Dirt. Yeah. Wood. Mountains. Yeah. I mean, it would make sense, like I guess, in the context of they're in this mm-hmm. medieval mm-hmm. school. Yeah. Where everyone dies. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Did you notice that we find find out that there are six types of dragons? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because each of the statues represent one. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I write here in this conversation that Violet and Dane have that you can, he's really showing how much he cares about her. Like he's making sure she ate. He's asking how her knee feels. He's worried about whether anyone's bothering her, he suggests she, well, I didn't really like this bit, but she suggests, he suggests that she cut her hair because it's mm-hmm. a liability, um, mm-hmm. while sparring. Um, but I found that there was like a little bit of an, uh, an undercurrent. Again, I'm saying this as somebody who has read this book now three times. Like mm-hmm. these thoughts did not cross my mind the first time I read it, but there's a little bit of an undercurrent when he goes like, I'm, you're lucky. I didn't shove you into cabin. I was just like, Mm, okay. Well, again, with the red flags, like that's where my re- reservation, like I feel like they they have yet to have a conversation where he isn't trying to like get her to leave the quadrant. Like every time. Like he's forcing her. Like he's forcing her. Yeah. yeah. Like every time, because we, I mean, it's the beginning of the book. They haven't had that many exchanges. And every mm-hmm. time they do have a private conversation, it's brought up. Yeah, it's true. And it's just like, okay, dude, come off it. Like, she said she wanted to be here. Whether she truly wants to or not, like, she has accepted that this is her path. And she so, has no choice. Yeah. So just, like, support her or leave. Like. Yeah. That's true. Uh, we also find out what we already knew, which is that Zayden had their squad moved into fourth wing um, under the assumption that he wants Violet dead. Mm-hmm. But this is the part where I roll my eyes, and I wonder if you got the same vibe as I did. When Dane tells her to keep a low profile, this is giving Hunger Games. Oh. This is giving Hunger Games, in my opinion, and it's giving Throne of Glass, if anyone has read uh, this series. Sidebar, Throne of Glass is one of the best, if not the best, series I have ever read. And this is coming from a huge Harry Potter nut. I love Throne of Glass. And this is giving Throne of Glass. Well, I'm excited to read it then. But I like how Violet pushed back on all of this. Like, yeah. she's teasing that she doesn't think... Like, she goes, oh, I don't think Zayden's going to stab me in the middle of a battle brief. Like, she's taking his protectiveness in stride. Mm-hmm. And, like, very being very careful not to hurt his ego, I think. Like, she's taking the protectiveness and not rejecting it, I guess. Yeah. Which I think almost like shows her youth yeah like what she's willing to put up with yeah someone maybe 10 years older than her wouldn't (laughs) (laughs) no you disagree i don't know i mean listen like i have to be honest i the first time i read this book was still on board with dana at this point like i was still on board i was just like he's her best friend he wants what's best for her he's protecting her that's fair i don't yeah i don't Um, know and then we learned that Dane has, well, we learned about his signet power. Yeah. Which is reading recent memories. Yeah. Which is like super cool. Mm-hmm. When I first, first read that, I was like, oh my God, how does it work? Like, does he, like, how, does he know everyone's like memories around him? But then we discover that he has to touch their temples, which is cool, but makes it less useful almost. Like having to, it's not even just like touching their arm. 
Like, it's a very obvious thing. Yes, but we also learn about a term intrinsic. We don't know what that means, Mm -hmm. but we know that um, it's a security risk. It's something to be feared. And we can surmise by the context that it has something to do with mind reading. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he has to touch the person clearly creates a delineation between intrinsic and whatever his segment is. So I think that's important. We also hear about Dane's good friend, quote unquote, Mm -hmm. Amber Mavis. Did you pick up on that? No. So he mentions, Dane mentions Amber Mavis, Mm -hmm. who is a wing leader. Right. And he says she she and I were good friends. And he like blushes. So clearly we know he hooked Uh, up with her. I like didn't register that. Yeah. Um, Which is interesting because we know that Dane is a role follower. And do you remember Mira? What did Mira t- tell Violet? I mean, stay within your... Stay within your year. But we, we... So you're saying that she's in a different year. Well, wing leaders are third years. Oh, and Dane is a second year. Oh, got it. So Dane, little hypocrite over mm. there when, where his little D so is concerned. There you go. Yeah. Also, <laughs> remember the name Amber Mavis. Okay. It's... It's in here now. Yeah. She's important. <laughs> As they split up, Violet feels the hair on the back of her neck rise. Yeah. This phrase is used pretty much every time Zayden is in a scene. That's really funny. Did you notice that for the rest? No, I didn't pick up on it. But oh maybe, my gosh, maybe like, if I kept re- like in the future, kept reading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but yeah. yeah. Especially like in these chunks of chapters. Yeah, she so says funny. it every single time Zayden is around. The hairs on the back of my neck. Yeah, yeah, and like she turns to find him like staring at them, uh-huh. which. Like, just that sentence, I was like, whew. <laughs> I, no, no. Then she goes, Zayden Ryerson is watching me with narrowed eyes. The sleeves of his uniform rolled up. His massive arms. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, this girl. I know. She's she like, wants him so bad. I know. Yeah. I know. Uh, yeah, just reading that chunk, I was like, okay. Like, anyway, wouldn't mind him staring at me. But. Nope. <laughs> That's pretty much it that I have noted for this chapter. What about you? Yeah, the last thing I wrote before we get to, like, awards. At the end, so, like, Zayden comes down the stairs, and then Dane's like, Violet, run! Like, yeah. so dramatic. Like, what? <laughs> Dane sucks. Dane's pain. Was Zayden coming to kill her? I don't think so. Like, it just felt very dramatic. Because they, they exchange words, too, right? Yeah. And he's, like, basically, like, you're not fooling anyone. Yeah. I could see that there's something going on between you. Yeah. Like, and kind of laughs it off. Like, kind of, whatever. He he plays a, a, a good, like, bad boy, you know? Yeah. He's intimidating them. He's intimidating them and kind of making fun of them, which is, like, fine. Like, I really enjoyed that whole exchange. But mm-hmm. then, like, Dave's just like, Violet, run! Like, I know. Why? That was so Why bizarre. are we running? I know. Why? Yeah. <laughs> and, like, meanwhile, all the students are coming in. So it just felt like a very... Like, what was he going to do in front yeah. of all these well, people? That, such a public place to off her like it yeah. didn't make sense i guess he wouldn't have to hide killing her like he could do it publicly well, yeah because she's not in his i think the rule is you can't kill anybody in your squad yeah but so she's in his wing but she's not in his squad yeah, but she, so maybe he could have i mean he's still her direct like superior i don't know i don't know it it was just a weird moment i was like why are we running like i thought something was gonna go yeah, down me too, me and too. then i started the next chapter and nothing went down like we yeah. were in a different part so yeah. I was like that was weird but yeah. whatever so before we get to the awards there is a line I I want to kind of highlight and <clears throat> mention that doesn't fall into any of the categories of our awards but I think it's 
important. It will be important down the line. So I wanted to highlight it. Mm-hmm. So this is Dane saying, this place can warp almost everything about a person by. It cuts away the bullshit and the niceties, revealing whoever you are at your core. They want it that way. They want it to sever your previous bonds so your loyalty is to your wing. It's one of the many reasons that first years aren't allowed to correspond with their families and friends. Otherwise, you know I would have written to you. Mm-hmm. Just park that in the back of your mind because okay. it'll come back. Okay. It'll come back. Cool. So, awards? Awards. Um, so, I think, before we even get into it, all three chapters had very it was very hard to give awards like there Agreed. weren't obvious moments of romance spice and funny although funny i think was the easiest one because i had moments where i laughed but overall it was tough but yeah. i tried to be creative so the romance one for this i like more just picked out a moment that i thought was like a sign of love okay um and it's how Rhiannon just looks at Violet and understands she's going to go see Dane and she's like, you go, I'm going to grab your bags. Like, it was just such a pure, like, friendship bonding moment. Mm -hmm. Like, they already just get each other. Acts of service. They already just get each other. And I was like, oh, like, what a a beautiful budding friendship. Oh, that's nice. That's much more, I don't know, (laughs) mature. No, that's a lie. Okay, mine is... When Dane steps forward, cups Violet's face. Mm. His thumbs are stroking over her cheekbones in a slow motion. He goes, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And I'm just somebody that I love to be, <laughs> I love to be touched. Yeah. And even though his words are not that romantic, I mean, they are sweet. I like, you know, the idea of like being protected or whatever. It's the action that does it for me. The like grabbing her face and like, you know, I, so I almost put that. But okay. then I got annoyed with Dane and didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, no, you're not winning this award, bud. Like, anyway. So the next award um, is the, like, funny award, the thing mm-hmm. that made me laugh. I rolled my eyes so hard at this part. But Dane, I'm still me. He pos- His posture softens, and he lifts the short sleeves of his tunic, revealing a relic of a red dragon on his shoulder. I just have this now. <laughs> like... like I'm still me. I just have a tattoo now. Look how cool I am, Violet. Like, it just made me giggle. I was like, that is so lame. Although I'm a sucker for tattoos, I still thought it was really funny. Yeah, when Justin um, wore fake tattoos for your Halloween party, I was like, hmm, I'm kind of into this. I love a man with tattoos. Um, um, my husband has many, anyway. Yeah, mine has none. <laughs> As of yet. So my funniest line is like kind of like cheesy tongue in cheek. It's when Violet goes, would it be so bad if they did? After Dane asked if anyone tried to screw her the night before. Yeah. I was just like. She taunts him a lot. I know. It's, it's fun. She's so it naughty. Is, it is fun. It is fun. Like, and that's what I mean. Like, I'm totally in, like, Violet right now has eyes for Dane and she's in it. And I'm just mm-hmm. like, you enjoy that. Yeah. Like, I, I get it. I get it. All right. Spiciest line. Simply the way Zayden is watching her. (laughs) (laughs) Zayden breathes. I'm like, (laughs) the way that whole passage, I'm not going to read it because it's like, whatever. But just him, when she realizes him watching her and like the description, I was just like, yep. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Yeah. My spiciest line is from that same 
passage. Um, but it's not spicy in the like traditional sense. It's more spicy in the sassy sense. And it's when Zayden calls out to Violet and Dane. And he goes, I expected you to do a better job of hiding where your affections lie, Atos. Yeah. And I was just like, that's just so sassy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to see more of Zayden. Yeah, same. So, chapter five... In her first battle brief, Violet proves that her intelligence might get her far in this quadrant. We get our first look at the battle with the Griffins and some suspicious activity with the failing wards. Next, on the sparring ring, Violet faces one of the marked ones. With an attempted murder and some snap bones, it's clear that Violet's list of enemies is bigger than we thought. Ooh. Yeah. I'm loving these little synopses. I think they're really cute. I think you're doing a great job. Thank you. I'm enjoying writing them. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the little blurb. This is uh, from the Tyrish... Tyrish? Tyrish? The Tyrish Rebellion, an official brief for King Tori... Tauri? Tori? I don't know. By (laughs) Tori? Yeah. Okay. By King Tori, by General Lilith Sorengale. So this is Violet's mom. Knowing I am in direct disagreement with General Melgren's orders, I am officially objecting to the plan set forth in today's briefing. It is not this general's opinion that the children of the rebellion's leaders should be forced to witness their parents' executions. No child should watch their parent put to death. So when I read that, I was so excited because in the first chapter, one of the first things I brought up was like how frustrated I was that they were like literally scarring these children for... like physically starting Mm -hmm. these children for the crimes of their parents and how I thought it was unjust. And now this was brought up and it's brought up again later in the chapter. And I was just like, Oh my God, I I'm not crazy. Like these people also feel this way. Mm -hmm. And I also think that this blurb shows that the mom is um, not in agreement with the practices against rebellion kids. And it sows a little bit of doubt because we got so many mixed messages about her in the first chapter when we first were introduced to her. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, is she in on this? Is she not in on this? Is she good? Is she bad? I don't know. This is just kind of mm-hmm. another check in the yeah other column. And, like, so many people, as we'll see later, like, blame her. I mean, she definitely was partially at fault for their parents' deaths. But, like, there's so much hate towards her mm-hmm. for her role in the war and with the rebels and stuff yeah. that it's passed on to Violet. Well, it was her wing that caught mm-hmm. Fen Ryerson, Zayden's dad. So that's also why. Because while we know now that she wasn't on board with that they're being punished and the trauma inflicted on them by having to witness their parents death she doesn't seem to have any qualms about the fact that she caught the rebellion leader right so right so then we are in our it starts off they're in their first battle brief um and immediately the teachers notice violet and like that just both teachers from different quadrants the scribe and the the writer like notice her and have reactions to her that and are like, totally different. That are totally different. Yeah. But so the writer one, what I kind of got off of it is she was surprised to see Violet there. Mm-hmm. But kind of like took a double take, like, why is she here? Yeah. Whereas the scribe one was sad to see her there. Because yeah. he was probably wondering why she wasn't in the scribe quadrant to begin with and like what happened to her or whatever. And then like knows that and Violet gets into it that he would have been her pupil and like he already she would have been his pupil uh, sorry she she would have been his pupil and like would have been his star pupil and his like crowning jewel 
of his career and stuff. So yeah. it's just, it was nice to see the teacher's reactions because it almost feels like all the rest of the staff of the school is on Violet's side and like wouldn't have wanted to see this life for her. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, her mom is the only one on the other or that we've seen so far. Yeah. On the opposite end. But I like, so it's Professor uh, Devera, who is the battle brief professor, who's the one who kind of looked at her and smiled. And mm-hmm. she smiled approvingly. And I really like that. So it it goes to show that Violet has at least someone in her corner. Mm-hmm. Which I like, because so far this is the first person who, you know, isn't sad or seems scared that right. she's there. Right. So I think that that's, Kind of nice. Yeah. I she, like that. She needs people in her corner. <laughs> she, yeah, of course she does. Her best friend doesn't even believe in her. Well. Her. Well. Dane? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rhiannon, Rhiannon does. does. <laughs> we like Rhiannon. <laughs> we love Rhiannon. Um, so I, I wrote here before we kind of get into the battle brief that I think it's so cool that we're getting a little bit more information about the education that the riders get. So we got the physical element. Um, like we know that they're going to be sparring. Um, and now we're getting the more intellectual element mm-hmm. um and i like that this class is a class that all the riders take regardless of their year mm-hmm. thought that that was really cool um and then i also there's a little nugget there that has to be there for a reason and it's when violet tells rhiannon that third years have only been sent to midland posts as reinforcements and i'm like mm, this feels like they're going to be going to the front lines or something because she yeah. wouldn't just say that and like for no reason yeah yeah and i i wrote that down too because Especially the fact that she's, like, third years. Yeah. So I was like, oh, are first years going to get called up? Are yeah. second years going to get called up? Like, yeah. it makes it sound like they might get called up before their time. And then the whole thing about the posts as well. So yeah. just, like, you're just like, uh-oh. Something is coming down the line. Something that is, is not going to be, yeah, not going to be good news. Yeah. So. Um, Professor Markham, who's the scribe uh, that, the scribe that Violet was supposed to be his star pupil. He also shed some light on the role of scribes, which I don't know if you have any thoughts on. Well, I, I didn't like particularly write anything, but I did like the dedication to the role and like the fact that they, he waited on um, history repeating itself Mm -hmm. and how like properly recording information so that like people are well educated so that we don't repeat the bad things is so like key because I feel like that's speaks another little volumes. nugget well another another nugget but also <laughs> speaks volumes to what it happens in the real world too and like oh, for sure. history repeating itself and like everything that's going on with wars and whatever so it's just like it was such a nice thing to see that scribes put that first in, or are supposed to put that as a first priority mm-hmm did you notice, though, that he also... So he emphasizes the importance of the scribes recording the past and being able to... Or recording history, but also that they play an active role in war. Mm-hmm. So they ferry information back and forth mm-hmm. from the front lines. So, you know, even though they're not, let's say, in the direct line of danger the way a rider is, their job is not without risk either. For sure. Okay, so let's talk about what we learned in Battle Brief. What we learned, like, about the Griffins and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Um, so, basically, summary, they they learned that there was an attack. Um, there was only one casualty, I think. Mm-hmm. And the, we learned a bit more that we 
dragons are at war with griffins and like they came and attacked but violet being super smart and looking at the map and figuring out timelines and stuff uh realized that they knew that there was going to be uh that the wards were going to fail because of the timing and the distance of them getting there Mm -hmm. so they were already on their way knowing that the wards were going to fail to do the attack Mm -hmm. which makes you ask like how? How did that happen? Um, and my brain right away went to like, oh my God, there's, it was an inside job. Like somebody must be on the inside, like who caused the, the wards to fail or knew that there were in that area, there was a weakening in the wards or something like how else would someone completely on the outside know that that was going to happen mm-hmm. if there wasn't anyone on the inside involved. So then you're like, oh my God, who is it? What's going on? Like, and we don't, we already, we don't know much about this war. We don't mm-hmm. even know who the players are, you know, yeah. like, but it, it was definitely uh, exciting mm-hmm. and interesting. <laughs> I loved being in Violet's head during Battle Brief because when I read the brief itself, you could almost feel the cogs turning in her brain and it's like you know like she's thinking and she's making connections and she's like jumping from thought to thought and you're just like wow this girl is so smart yeah her mind is so impressive and it made me like have hope for her like not that I didn't have any hope because I mean obviously she's the main character if she's put here like she there's a story to tell yeah but it just like made me realize like oh my god she does have an angle here maybe she does belong here because Mm -hmm. she figured that out in like two seconds like it took her no time at all whereas all these other people including like third years well I guess at that point it was only first years talking but she's the only person that put those pieces together and she did it so quickly yeah yeah it go it makes you think like oh maybe having a well-rounded education (laughs) like there's something to say for that um so we yeah. also hear in this conversation, we learn um, that this is not the first time that the wards have faltered. And this is shocking information. You know, like they, Violet thinks, or she, yeah, she doesn't say, she observes that um, there's tons of murmuring in the classroom. Like people are unsettled by this fact. Um, and then there's also a little nugget that slipped that the rate riders have been dying in the last two years has gone up. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Park in the back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I hated in this moment that Violet had Rhiannon ask her questions for her. Like, this is nothing against Rhiannon. We have already established. We love Rhiannon. Yeah. I just hate that she's taking Dane's advice. Oh, like, yeah. Like, why? I, listen, like, I understand. At the time, I was on board with Dane. I mean, this is one of the things that I was like, hmm, this is a notch against you, but... I understand that he doesn't want her to draw attention to herself, but this is her strength. Mm-hmm. She is, this is what she studied her whole life. Like if Violet literally sat there and said nothing in battle brief, why? Like this is not putting a target on your back. You're a smart girl. Everyone knows you're a smart girl. Everyone knows you were meant to be a scribe. You weren't meant to be here. So why can't you speak up? Like, why yeah. are you listening to him? Yeah, it's true. I I actually forgot. Well, I, or I didn't make that connection as to why she was doing that. Like, I figured she just didn't want to talk because like as someone who hates public speaking, like if I'm in a meeting or whatever, I, I usually will voice my opinion to my coworker quietly to see her reaction before vo- 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 like vocalizing it. Yeah, but that's your opinion. That's not a fact that you're confident in. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess. But like 
I don't know. I just felt like that move was like, yeah, that's something I would do. So yeah. I, I didn't Maybe think too it's much about it. Maybe it's so against what I would do. Yeah, yeah. Because like, you're, you're, yeah, you're a talker. You like to talk and you're comfortable with it. I'm like, I don't know. No. I just don't. I, I don't. Like, I just, in a big group context, I have trouble yeah. talking. Like, that is, like, one of the things I need to, to work on and stuff. But it does, like, give well, me Well, we are me talking to a, hopefully, large group at I this moment. I hope so. <laughs> but it's different. We're talking about books. I know. Um, so, I had this, like... I felt this fire in me. I was so upset mm-hmm. that I don't like it when women are meant to feel small. <laughs> yeah. It just makes me so mad. And especially, like I said, this is her area of expertise. Like, there's no reason for her to yeah. be quiet. Yeah. But I love that the teacher calls her out for it. Oh, yeah, me too. I love that. And I love that after Jack freaking Barlow makes fun of her, the teacher puts Jack in his place. Yes, also. Oh, my God. I hate Jack so much. Yeah. I know we're supposed to. But, like, he's oh, just, my God. He's just the worst. Um, so here again, when Zayden's about to speak, she mentions the hair on the back of her neck. That's so funny. Pay attention. Okay, I'm going to notice it now yeah, all the time, but I love it. I love yeah. it. Just one super side note. Violet talks about potentially getting a pen from her mom's office. Do you, do you don't understand what that is? No. Okay, so basically, um, unless you have magic. Yeah. You write using a quill and ink. Yeah. But as soon as you have magic, one of the perks of having magic is that you can channel your magic like through a pen. <laughs> That's so weird. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's one of the small magics that they can do. So she's looking forward okay. to using a pen like the ones she's seen in her mom's office. Yeah. Okay. She's not going to steal her mom's pen. I wasn't sure no, no, what she's... was going on, but I was like, coveted pen. I'm like, I like pens too, but like what, why, yeah. why does her mom have them? Why, why are they coveted? Yeah. Anyway, okay, thank you for You're clarifying welcome. that. You're welcome. So now we are done with Battle Brief. Yeah. We're done with class. Mm-hmm. And Violet, Riddick, and Rhiannon form an alliance. Yes! And I wrote that too because, like, it was such a... Fi- like, obviously Rhiannon and her are friends, but, like, the one thing Mira says is, like, form an alliance. And then when that happened, when they made their little agreement of how everyone's going to scratch each other's backs... I was like, oh my god, her alliances are forming. And yeah. that made me so happy because she just came off the win of Battle Brief. Like, we realized that she's going to maybe do well in here. Yeah, she or adds has value. Been, she adds value. She could at least succeed in one facet of all of this. Mm-hmm. And then, like now she's making an alliance. I'm like, oh my god, you're getting places, girl. Yeah. Like, it's very exciting. For sure. But I, so it's funny that you're like, oh, she formed an alliance. And I'm like, oh, she formed friendships. Because <laughs> I'm like, Violet's basic. My interpretation was that Violet is basically ignoring Mira's advice because she's forming friendships and not solely alliances. I guess with Riddick, he's too new, but she formed a friendship with Rhiannon. Yeah. So I kind of like that Rebecca Yaros is showing how strength and advantage and um, gain could come in different forms for different people. This shows how Violet is different from her siblings. And she's doing the Riders Quadrant her way. Yeah. Which I liked. For sure. For sure. So. Yeah. There I was think, that. I think because there is an exchange between the tutoring yeah. and the thing, that to me read more as alliance. alliance. Not to say she's not friends with them, because I agree she is doing it very much her way, because I think that's the only way she could get through it. Um, but it it read more as allyship than friendship. That Fair. exchange. Fair. Yeah. So now they're in the spa- they're in the sparring gym, 
And this is another time where I'm like, Rebecca Yaros, you just, you just get it. You just get what it's like to be a young girl because the way that like she writes about how Violet is objectifying the men, yeah. shirt, like shirtlessly yeah. training. And I'm like, yes. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, oh, thank God Dane still has his shirt on because I wouldn't be able to concentrate. Yeah. Like just the whole thing. Yeah, it, it was great. It, uh, it made me giggle. Anyway, so we're in the sparring ring, which is scary. Like I was worried for Violet. We know that her body can't take a lot of like blunt, uh, bluntness. So I was I was worried going into it. Um, and then we see Jack mm-hmm. murder a child. Yeah, like fully. And yeah. then we see that the teacher or whatever captain I don't know ranking professor professor Moretto or Amoretto something like that gets mad at him saying like dude i told you not to do that like but there's no consequence but there's no consequence which is so weird because when you think about it like they're always talking about the writer's codex and the right this and that and there's these rules that basically if you break the rule you die but but no but no and that's what i was saying at the beginning was at what point does he become a liability this is the second kid he's killed yeah both just like recklessly Without reason, like, just because he's bigger than them. Which, yeah. yes, I understand, like, dragons don't want weak people, blah, 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 blah. But, like... Actually, he snapped the guy's neck. Who's to say the guy was weak? It's a neck. Yeah, I'm just assuming he was smaller than him. Yeah, Which is probably. how he, like, got one-upped him or whatever. Yeah. But it's just, okay, even if they're weak, then the dragons won't bond with them. Mm-hmm. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not your responsibility to literally just wipe out the entire first-year group. Like... For sure. It just... It feels reckless if... I wouldn't trust him in my group, in my wing or anything. Like, yeah. if I saw this type of behavior, mm-hmm. I'm like, this guy's a liability. I don't want him on my team. Like, I cannot trust him. I cannot trust that he won't hurt me. Mm-hmm. I cannot trust that he won't hurt our other group people. Um, I never know what to call them. Squad mates? Squad mates? <clears throat> they're Rider squads. mates? fellow riders squads squads yeah sure wingmates i don't know anyway whatever i i just jack yeah yeah he needs help he needs help (laughs) (laughs) so then everyone's shaken by Mm -hmm. this and then violet gets chosen to spar with pink haired girl Mm -hmm. before that though we do get to see rhiannon fight oh yes, and yes, yes. prove that she is a badass which yep. only made me like her more i'm like yes rhiannon um and then it's violet's turn. yes and then it's violet's turn. <laughs> sorry i got too excited it's okay violet gets chosen to spar with a girl with pink hair and a rebellion relic so we already know that this girl hates violet yeah and and i think it's the first time we hear the term the marked ones or it's, uh, it's, no i think violet said something uh, okay. about it when she was waiting in line to sign in with okay. mira well it's the first time I noticed it. <laughs> <laughs> so Violet kind of sizes this girl up. She's like, okay, like she already hates me, obviously. And then she's bigger than her. Mm-hmm. And they start to spar. And Violet refuses to yield. Thoughts? Uh, yeah, I think she's doing it because she thinks that's what she needs to do to show people that she's strong. Yeah, but then she like. I know. Breaks yeah. her arm. Yeah. I know. I know. But I think it's just everyone has been so harking on her, don't show your weakness, don't show your weakness. And I think it's constantly at the forefront of her own mind, too, that she knows that her body can't take as much as, like, others, other Mm -hmm. students can. So it almost becomes something that I think she's trying to prove to herself. Yeah. 
I mean, I guess, obviously, we've now read the following chapter, so we know she's seriously injured herself. And I'm just thinking, strategically, you're better off yielding, even though it, quote-unquote, makes you appear weak, than literally breaking a bone that will require you to be out for the count. Yeah, you're not wrong. Let's use our brains. You're not wrong. For a smart girl. Yeah. Violet, come on. She's being stubborn. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I know. Um, and even before we get to the arm part, though, uh, the girl tries to stab her. Yeah. And, like, because she says, she's like, what is this corset made out of? Mm-hmm. Like, because the blade didn't even, like, didn't go through at all. Um, but that's also crazy. Like, they're they're in sparring right now. Mm-hmm. They're not supposed to be killing each other at this yeah, and part it's, um, because it's just it's not even the full no what's it what's the term what are they use they're calling it assessment day assessment day exactly yeah. so they're just trying to see like what their skill levels are and stuff yeah. it's supposed to almost be like a friendly match you know like yes yeah. they're hurting each other but like and she fully like takes her and she first... uses her powers right because she goes fast yes so yeah she yeah. uses her powers which they tell her multiple times stop doing that yeah like it just feels like discipline is very very wishy-washy yeah (laughs) because saying don't do that and then actually having consequences are two very different approaches you know yeah they're gentle parenting in like a deadly environment it's so contradictory and then the result isn't like it's not like it's unserious it's like serious injuries death like yeah and they're just like oh okay well it happened yeah um which is really funny and it actually made me laugh a bit like as morbid as it is, because, like, people always, like, hark on about how Hogwarts is so dangerous for yeah. students. Like, and just, like, bad pedagogy yeah, at Hogwarts. Just, yeah, just, like, how does the school exist? And yeah. then you get here, and you're just, like, oh. oh we've one up them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because now we've uh, we've yeah. added the element of mortal danger. Yeah, of, like, students actually just killing each other. Yeah. yeah. So it just made me laugh a bit. Because I'm, like, well, this school's somehow managed to make it worse. That's so funny. And, yeah, we leave her with the sound of... A snack. Yes. Okay. Awards? Awards. I think I didn't... I was bad. I didn't pick three. You pulled a me. I pulled a you. I picked three. I'm I'm proud of you. Thank you. I really wanted to, uh, and I failed. Oh, I meant to ask you, actually. Yeah. Have you ever broken a bone? I have. What have you broken? I've broken my right arm twice. Twice? Yeah. So I broke my right arm uh, at age three, making a puzzle. (laughs) I've, I don't know, I, like, reached to get a piece and, like, fell on it funny. I don't know. Oh, no. Um, fun fact, I am almost 30 and I still love my puzzles. <laughs> I've only broken my bones making a puzzle once, I will say, <laughs> gladly. Such um, a wild time making I, puzzles. I like, so bizarre. And apparently, my parents, like, really harp on this fact that even as a three-year-old, nobody was allowed to sign my cast. My cast remained white the entire time I had it on. As, an, as a baby, as an infant, not an infant, as a child. Okay, so the second time was equally embarrassing. And I was in the old port of Montreal. At the time, you could rent these electric scooters, which now you can see pretty much everywhere. Like when Justin and I were in Italy last year, everybody was riding these. But at the time, I was 12. Um, this was a novelty. I might have been even younger. No, I think I was 12. Um, so I was riding on this scooter. And then there, the old port of Montreal has these cobblestones. So I was coming near a part of the road with cobblestones. So I said, oh, I'm going to just walk beside the scooter instead of riding because I'm scared because I'm a huge chicken. I'm trying to be brave. It has been my New Year's resolution for the last two years. (laughs) I'm improving. Uh, Anyway, so I was walking and then I guess... 
there must have been like a rock or whatever. And the way you accelerate on these scooters is with your wrists, like a motorcycle. And so my wrist went, you know, like, Oh, no. <laughs> whatever as if to accelerate and then I start running with the scooter because I can't my brain wasn't thinking like oh I should break I was just like maybe I could catch up to this I also didn't think maybe I should let go of the scooter anyway I went flying oh no yeah oh that's awful have you uh yeah so I broke my left arm and I cracked my sternum oh shoot how'd you do that uh so the sternum thing was a soccer injury okay I was a a goalie for a really long time and I I don't know I fell onto the ball weirdly to like make a save and the girl kicked it at the same time and Ugh. it was just the way my like chest like contracted contracted um so it was like a hairline fracture but that's every, so uncomfortable every breath that I took like I was in so much pain oh, for because sure. your whole body yeah. moves. so that really really hurt um the arm I was an eight uh it was a like it was March, so it was still winter. Um, we live in Canada. It's winter. We we have a lot of snow. I went to the park, uh, went onto the monkey bars, and the bars were so cold that I let go. But as I fell, there was ice underneath <gasps> and I landed oh. on my left arm badly and yeah. So your stories are a lot more normal than mine. <laughs> I will say though. That when I broke my arm when I was 12, I was in grade six and I let everybody sign the cast. And I remember we had, I went to an all girls school and we had a dance with the all boys school mm-hmm. and I made sure some boys signed my cast. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Did you, did you have a cast on um, your arm? Yeah. So I had a cast. Uh, I had like the type of cast that your arm is bent in it. Yeah, me too. It went all the way past your elbow. Yeah. Oh, I hated that. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah, I broke my arm right before my, I want to say eighth birthday. And that year I was having a Harry Potter themed birthday. Um, so my parents always like did like themed games and stuff. And because I broke my arm, they rearranged all the games so that you could only play with one hand. Which is so sweet. Yeah. So that was really fun. And like one of my most memorable birthdays. Um, but yeah, I've always loved theme birthdays and I still have theme birthdays. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Elise and her husband throw a famous Halloween party yeah. every year and your 30th birthday was themed. Yeah. yeah. You guys still throw really fun themed parties. So it's always a, yeah, it's always a fun reason to get dressed up and hang out with our friends and our friends get really into it too. Oh my God. Yeah. One year, actually, one of our friends, actually this year too, didn't Scott shave his head this yeah. year too? Yeah. Like our friends literally shave their heads in line with their costumes. Like I thought it was a bald cap. The <laughs> year Ross did it. No, he yeah. actually shaved his head. The yeah. commitment to the bit with Chris, this friend group. Chris did a bowl cut once. Like, yeah, people true. Go, people go the extra mile and I appreciate it so much. <laughs> yeah. All right, awards. Yeah. So for the uh, spicy award part, I just put Violet talking about shirtless boys. (laughs) That's funny. I didn't, um, again, I didn't do spicy, spicy. I did sassy, spicy. And it's when Violet tells Imogen that she's proud of her mother for, you know, dealing with the rebels and stuff. So she's obviously trying to get a reaction out of her. And I just like, I know she was saying that just to push her buttons and like annoy her yeah oh for the funny part i put when uh 
Dane says to Tinan, uh, she's handing your, uh, she's handing you your ass. So I just love the way all the older people in the writer's quadrant are always just like so nonchalantly like sassing the younger ones and just like putting it back in their face and stuff. So Yeah. It's funny. They have absolutely no sympathy. Yeah. Um, my funniest line again, isn't funny. Like, haha. It's funny. Like nervously laugh hysterically <laughs> funny. Um, and it's when Jack goes, how is I supposed to know his neck was weak? Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I was just like, okay. <laughs> um, and also <laughs> it was kind of like, wait, uh, it's funny because my other funniest line was what you put as your sassiest line, but oh. it was um, when Violet goes, I'm not arguing with their logic. I'm just enjoying the view. Respectfully, of course. Yes. <laughs> I'm just respectfully. Like, respectfully. Yeah. I'm just like, yeah, yeah. Um, and then I didn't put a romantic one, which is like usually like my favorite one. So that was pretty crazy. But did you find a romantic part? Um, no, but what the closest thing I put to that was when um, Violet, Rhiannon, and Riddick agreed to help each other. I was just like, oh, oh that's yeah, sweet. Yeah, that is sweet. That is sweet. It's like a romantic ideal of friendship. Yeah. If you will. Yeah. So. It's like, yeah, there's there's love there. Yeah. Um. So, chapter six. Dane carries Violet to the healer's quadrant. They're already familiar with her and her fragility with kindness the healers want to help her but dane tries to stop them and use this as an out for violet yet again violet doesn't want to give up uh, and marches right back to the writer's quadrant after healing a present awaits in the form of a journal left by her sister and her brother before her with their guidance she may find a way to outwit her opponents yet so a little blurb is by Major Frederick's Modern Guide for Healers. And it says, It is my opinion that of all signet powers riders provide, mending is the most precious, but we cannot allow ourselves to become complacent when in company of such a signet, for menders are rare and the wounded are not. So, again, it's giving us a little bit of context because we know what's going to happen in this chapter. Yeah, and I, until reading that, I didn't realize that healer, like, there could be a power of healers with mm-hmm. the dragons. I just assumed that... Like, there's a healer's quadrant, and, like, they're just medical people that learn how to do this. Yeah, like, you would think that all of the signet powers have to do with what would be useful in war, which, we think about it. A medic is super useful. Absolutely. (laughs) But, yeah. No, I know. I I just, I guess, yeah, I didn't think it would, there would be passive powers. Mm -hmm. I thought they would all be, like, Aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. Yeah. So, Violet is practically passed out. From the pain in her shoulder, and um, Dane is carrying her to the infirmary. Mm-hmm. Thoughts? Mm-hmm. I mean, like, because you—it's so frustrating because he has these moments where you're like, he is. See, he's dreaming. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's carrying he her. He cares. He cares. Yes. Whatever. But yet again. He ruins it. Like, and yes. that's kind of what okay, I was let's, saying last chapter. Let's just wait until we get to that part, okay? okay? Let's just stick with the fact that he's carrying her while yeah. she's in pain. He's taking care of her. Okay. While, like, big picture, actually, no, small picture, I think this is really sweet. I, I don't... It, I don't know if it's like the, it's not the damsel in distress because I, no, I don't know what it is. I just, I like that he picked her up and was like, I'm getting you... Yeah. In front 
of in front of everybody. everybody. Yeah, like I, you know what? I love PDA. I love, <laughs> I love PDA. I love it when a big, strong man, you know, is soft with a woman. Okay, it's just. I love it. So the fact that Dane is like, Violet takes her, like takes yeah. her, carries her to get help. Love it. However, that's, that's Miriam saying that. But in Bazgayef, mm-hmm. weakness is putting a target on your back. Mm-hmm. So what do you think of knowing all of this and knowing the emphasis that's been put on, you know, being strong and not appearing weak in front of others? Dane just made her look super weak. He made her look weak, but he also made his weaknesses known too true because now everyone knows that they're that he cares more than he should more than just her like well-being yeah yeah like obviously he should be looking out after his squad but like that was above and beyond absolutely so yeah he made her look super weak but he also made it himself look weak but like it almost it's like cute in the way that he was like I don't care about anyone yeah. else right now. I don't care what other people think. Like, yeah. I just need to save her right now. Or I, yeah. I need to help her right now. Yeah. So it is, it's super cute. It's super romantic. It is. I'm not going to deny that. He just really pissed me off like two lines later. Yeah, no, same. <laughs> same, same, same. So when Violet enters, you kind of mentioned this in your synopsis, when Violet enters the infirmary, she's recognized immediately because clearly this girl has spent a lot of time in the infirmary. We learn more about healers and menders and the difference between the two. Um... And I find that it's really interesting that menders can even mend inanimate objects, not just humans. Yeah. That's kind of cool. It is cool. It is super cool. Like the whole, yeah. Um, we also learn that Violet's brother, Brennan, was a mender. I know. I know. So that's a nice little nugget. So we don't quite know what Mira, we don't know what Mira's signet is yet. We know what the mom's signet is. We know the dad was a scribe. Mm-hmm. We don't, Violet, Doesn't we don't know wh- whether she will have one, uh, but we know that Brennan was a mender and like the blurb said menders are extremely rare so we know that Violet comes from a very powerful family Mm -hmm. because her mom's signet power is really powerful and so is her was her brothers yeah what did so now you know Violet's in tremendous pain she's practically backing out from the pain we've got Winifred we've got um well Winifred is the mender's wife and we've got healers all around and Dane is now saying do not heal her do not mend her. I know. Thoughts. I I was like rage. <laughs> just pure rage. It made me so mad because like, again, he's just trying to use this as an out for her to leave, to not have to, to be back in the fighting ring because he doesn't think she could hack it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I, I know it's going to be hard for her and she knows it's going to be hard for her, but she still decides decided that this is what she's sticking with she's gonna do it so like again dane but again because she doesn't have a choice because she knows that if she tries to escape her mom's gonna just push her back well exactly so at a certain point stop trying to let her like stop trying to get her out of the situation and just help her through the situation yeah find ways around it find ways that she could do it Mm -hmm. but he doesn't view it that way yeah but violet does yeah i honestly wanted to throw my book at this, even the first read, at this point, I'm like, Dane, come on, dude, like, I'm rooting for you, but and you're making it really hard. And again, it's the third time we have a, a chapter that they're together, and it's the third time he brings it up. Like, he's relentless with it. It's so true. it's getting annoying. Like, Yeah, it's true. I kind of, not really like giggled, but chuckled, I guess, um, 
when Winifred was talking so brazenly about the mom, like, you're, she's so stubborn. She's yeah. like, I was like, oh, interesting. And again, it's another, like, moment where we see um, the staff cares about Violet. Yeah, and like, kind of her, like you were saying earlier about yeah, the wants, other professors. Yeah, wants yeah. her well-being, wants to look out for her, wants her to be okay. And, like, this time, even more blatantly, was, like, opposing the mother. Mm-hmm. So it just feels like... Everyone wants what's best for her except her mom. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which makes you think, does the mom know something that the rest of us don't? Oh. Probably. Oh. Um, okay, Nolan arrives, the mender, mm-hmm. and he says something really interesting that kind of goes unnoticed. Like, it went unnoticed for me mm-hmm. until this third reread, mm-hmm. which some people may be like, oh, Miriam, <laughs> reading comprehension. Anyway, um, so he goes, and I don't know, maybe... And misintuitive reader over here did notice, but he goes, I've never agreed with the way they conscripted those kids to the writer's quadrant as punishment for the sins of their parents. We have never forced conscripts into that quadrant, ever, and for a very good reason. Most cadets don't survive, which was likely the point, I suspect. Yes. You picked up on that? Yes. Of course you did. <laughs> well, I mean, I noticed him saying that. I was like, oh, like, because I hadn't, I guess, thought about it. Um, when we first learn about the rebel kids, rebel kids, what do we call them? Marked ones. The marked ones. Yeah. When we first learned about the marked ones, um, it does, they do mention that they were, they have to attend, but Mm -hmm. I never thought of it as a like death sentence. Yeah. Until right then and there. And when he said it, I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Not only did they force these kids to watch their parents die, not only did they physically scar them for life, but they basically signed their death warrants. Like... It was, yeah. Yucky. It's yucky. Yeah. It is yucky. And yeah, is another little important nugget, so park yeah. that away in the back and of your like, mind. also kind of makes you go like, okay, I'd be angry too. Like, we've yeah. seen a lot of anger from these kids. Like, yeah, I would be angry too. For sure. <laughs> For sure. I mean, their whole lives were turned upside down. They were raised by people who genuinely believed in the cause that they were fighting for. And now they have to basically parrot what the propaganda of the opposition. Mm -hmm. So yeah, for sure it's going to cause a lot of conflicting emotions. So actually I did have like, I mean, I I do not have enough information to really delve into this, but I did, it did cross my mind. I'm like, why was there a rebellion? Why did these people rebel? What was the rebellion? Or what was it? Why, what don't we know? Like there was a reason for this happening. Oh, for sure. Is it something that I would agree with? Maybe like I, I'm like, I, automatically I started thinking like what is the history of this war like mm-hmm. I need to know like will I side with the rebels like well I maybe? promise you you will find out in the next okay 33 chapters okay. well, perfect <laughs> oh jeez that's the whole book okay yeah <laughs> <laughs> but, at some point in the next yeah, 33 yeah. chapters yeah, yeah. you will find out but I had like that thought did cross my mind a couple chapters ago because I was like well I mean in Hunger Games, I sided with the rebels. Mm-hmm. In Diversion, I sided with the rebels. Like, maybe maybe they have in a point. In Harry Potter, you sided with the rebels. Yeah, so maybe there's a point. Maybe. Anyway, it just made me really curious to see where this story uh, goes. Yeah, for sure. So, Nolan and his wife shooed Dane away. Mm-hmm. So they can probably mend Violet without his yeah. meddling. And um, she returns to the barracks, and she finds a note from her sister. And... In the note, when Mira goes, I hope you know how proud I am to be your sister. 
Welp. I cried. I got tears in my eyes. I got choked up. I got, I did. I got choked up like as soon as she found it. And then you read Mira's note and then you meet the uh, the The brothers. Yeah, the book of Brennan. I was just like, (laughs) (laughs) it was just so touching because through everything she's going through, like I just felt like Violet needed that. And also to have like the ghost of her brother still helping her through it. Like my heart just, when she was like, I haven't seen his handwriting and oh, I know, I know, I know. And the fact that you learn that they burn all, all their the belongings. belongings of the dead, which is yeah. like so crazy and so I think contradictory to most of like our society society here mm-hmm. on Earth in yeah. North America. <laughs> um, so it it was just like yeah, it it was so needed, and my heart just felt so full reading that. And I also, it. anytime like there's pride. I don't know why. I just love it when people are proud. Like, it's just an emotion that makes your heart swell mm-hmm. when someone's proud of you. Yeah. That I was just like, oh. Yeah. People. So I I kind of picked up on something because Rhiannon goes, oh, sometimes we don't burn everything either. So it's kind of like a mini act of rebellion against mm-hmm. the, the societal norms. It's mm-hmm. not, like, I won't say that this is the rebellion, yeah, obviously. Yeah. But it's just interesting that there's this rule that you have to burn everything. And we don't know why. We don't know what what's behind the tradition. Um, but so, but it's interesting that now we have Violet who, or Violet's family who kept, well, her sister, kept a belonging of a person who died that should have been burned. And now Rhiannon is saying we do that too. So it's like, what else is happening? What tiny little, yeah, you know rebellions are happening yeah behind closed doors exactly yeah yeah and it also felt like another bonding point for their friendship and like a secret between them that like it's like a trauma bond but it's a secret bond but like you know rihanna's gonna keep it or it feels that way like i'm just yeah it's i'm enjoying watching their friendship develop yeah (laughs) yeah it's really special um Um, then the first entry in the book of brennan mm -hmm. we get a major piece of intel. Mm-hmm. So we find out that the uh, fighting matchups are determined ahead of time and that if you know where to look, you could actually find them ahead of time. So you'll know who your opponent is, which could be a huge leg up for Violet. Absolutely. Because right away, she goes into like survival mode and she's like, if I have this piece of information, I could start the fight even before the f- physical fight even begins which is like she knows that tactic might actually save her life absolutely so i'm like oh my god violet's gonna play games i'm here for it like let's get into it i am so excited yeah she now she has a leg up in terms of literally knowing who she's gonna fight against but she also can now use her greatest strength which is her mind to help her win those matchups um yeah. As they come, which, I don't know. I just, when I, like, read that passage, I was just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was like, <laughs> let the games begin. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's do this. I was really excited um, for her. But it also begs the question, like, is she going to share this info with Rhiannon? Is she going to share this info with... that's a with good, good question. What's his that name? That never crossed my mind. I, Riddick? Just, yeah, Riddick. Yeah, I should remember that. Yeah, you should have. That's embarrassing <laughs> for you. <laughs> Sorry, Reds. Um, yeah, I feel like 
yeah, it just, it, it changes, it changes the playing field so much. I, yeah. I'm very excited to see where this takes us. Yeah, the next few chapters are fun. All right, our last awards of the episode. Yes. So the funny award is uh, the first one. It's when Nolan, like, fully calls out Dane. I put that too! <laughs> I put that too! Uh, but yeah, Dane is like, putting her under my command was the only way I could think of keeping her safe. And Nolan goes, not doing such a good job, are you? I, I just, like, laughed so hard. It's such, like, an old man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, like, okay, buddy. Nice try. Yeah. I loved it. Also, Dane is just, like, so self-important that I love somebody putting him in his place. And me, too. Yeah. Yeah. He needed that. He needed to be knocked down a peg. Yeah, for sure. So, for, instead of romance, I just did it more as, like, a love thing, and it was everything written from her siblings. Aw. Yeah. That's nice. I just, like, my heart, ugh. Grew three sizes that day. (laughs) Um, But I didn't have a spice. Did you have a spice? Yeah. So actually for most romantic line, I have two because I couldn't decide. Mm -hmm. And neither one of them was really uh, romantic. When I, the first one, no spoilers, but the first one, when I read it, I was like, Oh, so romantic, and now I'm like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it's when Dave goes, Please switch quadrants. If not for you, then for me, because I didn't step in fast enough. I should have stopped her. I can't protect you. I like a protective man at the time. I thought it was romantic. Now I find it annoying. So, my reaction to that, I literally wrote, Dane, come off it. <laughs> I was so annoyed when he said, Do it for me. Yeah, like if you're not going to do it for yourself, do it for me. It annoyed me, but I, I understand why you say why you said what you said I don't know it's just I again like big strong man being soft whatever now post having read it three times or two times and third time counting Miriam is annoyed that's fair the other one that I that I picked for a most romantic line was also more of a love one and it was when Rhiannon said you're the only friend I have here so I'd rather you didn't die when it gets real like it was just like yeah she, she I see Rhiannon kind of Extending this olive branch, not an olive branch because obviously like there are, it's a budding friendship. So she's just kind of extending her hand out and being like, I'm here. I want it. Like you're my friend. It felt like a moment of vulnerability in an, in an environment that doesn't encourage vulnerability. Yeah. So for sure. I have that. And for spiciest line, again, it's not necessarily spicy, spicy, but it's just a confident line that I love. And it's the one at the end of the chapter when Violet goes, a a slow smile spreads across my face. I know how to survive. It was just kind of like, yes. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah. That line got me super riled up. And then I was like, oh no, I'm not allowed to read anymore. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So next week we are going to be reading chapters seven, eight, and nine. And I'm very excited about them. I think they're going to... Things are things are spicing up. Spicing I'm, up. Things are heating up. <laughs> I'm excited to see where we Unfortunately, go. Unfortunately, there's no spice yet. It is, oh, we'll get there. The spice comes late in this book. It's okay. It comes in late, but when it comes in, it's worth it. Okay. I'm ready. Slow burn. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> very, very painfully slow burn. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. Please rate this podcast and leave a review. It'll help other people find us. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at bookboundpod and on TikTok at bookboundbesties. And if you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please email us at bookboundbesties at gmail.com. Let's get to reading. Let's get to reading.